You're listening to a message from Redemption Community Church, a life-giving church in Westchester County, New York. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or follow our messages online at redemptioncommunitychurch.org. Thanks for listening and enjoy the message. I'm so glad you're with us today as we're wrapping up our Moving Forward series. What this series has been all about is just kind of helping us get unstuck. Come on, all of us, you know, at some point in time, some season in our life, we kind of get into a rut. We've all been spiritually stuck at times. And so I hope this spirit's been, this, this series has been a good Holy Spirit push in the right direction. I've enjoyed preaching it. It's been preaching back to me. We've covered a lot of ground here. We've talked about moving forward in faith, just taking the next step of faith. Uh, we talked about moving forward into purpose, that you change your life one decision at a time. Last week, we talked about moving forward into generosity, steward what you have, not what you don't have. Just focus on stewarding well what God has given to you. Today, I want to talk to you about moving forward into legacy. I need you to help me preach this morning. Would everybody just say the word legacy? Type it in the comments, legacy. Not a word we always think about. So let's first of all make an important distinction because sometimes I think we equate legacy with inheritance. In fact, in financial terms, and I know this is the New York City area, we got some financially savvy people here, maybe some, some finance people, some Wall Street people. In financial terms, a legacy gift is a planned future gift that designates some part of an individual's estate as a donation to a nonprofit, similar to the concept of an inheritance, okay? So sometimes we think about that, we think of legacy. But legacy and inheritance are not the same thing. In fact, I want you to put this in your notes. Here's our big idea today. Inheritance is what you leave behind. Legacy is who you leave behind. Would you put that in your notes today? If you want to open up the Redemption app, there's a spot where you can take notes. Put that in your notes. Inheritance is what you leave behind. Legacy is who you leave behind. Inheritance is the what? This is the the material values that you pass on. Maybe a house, a car, a retirement account, life insurance, right? Uh, uh, Money, that's inheritance. My wife is named as a beneficiary in all of my policies. If something happens to me, Amy gets the money. And I've said for years now, if my death looks suspicious, you guys should definitely investigate Amy because I'm worth more dead than alive. I'm just saying. God willing, one day, Amy and I are going to leave an inheritance to our boys. When we're gone, we will leave them an inheritance. Unless they continue to drive us crazy, we might decide to spend it all on ourselves. We reserve the right to do that. <laughs> but an inheritance is a good thing, right? Uh, the, the writer of Proverbs, Proverbs 13, 22, says that a godly person leaves an inheritance to their children's children. Every financially responsible person tries to leave an inheritance to their family. But that's not the same thing as legacy, Inheritance is the what? Legacy is who you leave behind. Who will say this about you one day? Who will say you made a difference in my life? Who will say you gave me an opportunity? You invested in me. Who will say you were there when when I needed you? Who will say you picked me up when I was down? Who's going to say I'm here because of you? Do you see the difference? Inheritance is about the what? Legacy is about the who. Now, both inheritance and legacy are important. But only one of these has eternal significance. Only one of these truly lasts. As good as inheritance is, 
It's going to go away eventually. The house is not going to last. Come on, how many of you know this is true? I work on my house just like you guys. I try to protect my investment in my home, but I'm quite mindful when I'm working on my house some days that this, I'm not going to own this house forever. Don't get too caught up in it because this is not, I'm not going to have this forever. The house doesn't last. The cars, we all know the cars don't last. Where's the, where's the first car at that you ever bought? It's in the junkyard somewhere probably, right? Cars don't last. The money won't last. Parents, you know when you leave the money to the kids, they're going to spend it. It's not going to last, but your legacy will live on. Your legacy will live on. So the question isn't which one should I do. I I know you're working on your inheritance, and I know we have some single people here who say, well, I'm not really thinking about an inheritance. But, But by that, I mean we're all working on financial security. We're all working on prospering ourselves and being financially secure and financially healthy, right? So think that way. We're all working on the inheritance side. The question is, are you working on your legacy? Are you working on your legacy? Now, there's a tension here, right? The tension is that we know that leaving a legacy is, is important, isn't it? We know this. Everybody, most of us, we want to live with a sense of significance. We want to have a sense when we look back over our lives to know that our lives made a difference. At the end of your life, you want to look back when you're in your deathbed someday and know that somehow your life lives on in the way you impacted others. Anybody want that with me this morning? I think we, you don't even have to be a Christian to want that. The scripture says that God has put eternity in our hearts. There is something in us as human beings. We know that our lives are finite. We all have an expiration date on us, and yet we long for a transcendent purpose. We all know that. The problem is, though, as much as we want to live with a sense of legacy, it's much easier to be ruled by the tyranny of the urgent. The tyranny of the urgent, right? The stuff we have to do every day, working, paying bills, building wealth, taking care of our homes, doing our chores, all the things that we have to do. That's what's right in front of us every day. And I think there's this idea, like we come to church, we hear messages like this, yes, I want to have a greater purpose. I want to make a difference. But it continually gets pushed to the back burner because there's this sense of like, I'll get to that legacy purpose thing one day. Right now, I got to secure the inheritance first. I got bills to pay. I got student loans to pay off. I got, I'm busy. I got stuff to keep up with. But the problem is, is that day ever going to come? The problem is that the days are going by fast. The weeks are flying by. Anybody notice this? The months are going by quick, right? At some point in time, you have to make a conscious decision to prioritize this legacy thing, this, this, this living life for an eternal significance, an eternal impact that outlasts you. And so here's the truth. We continually find ourselves drifting from this. This, this is why we need messages like today to, to, to bring us. I'm preaching to myself today because I'm busy like you, even doing ministry, even doing church, raising three kids. I, I don't know about you, but I find myself drifting every now and then and having these moments where I have to come back and remember what my life is really about. Anybody with me or is it just me today? I know you guys are more spiritual than me, but I'm preaching to myself today because I want to live my life for the things of God that are eternal, that are going to outlast me. And so every now and then I have to realign my life with, with what's eternal. Here's the idea. Many people leave an inheritance, but only a few leave a legacy. Come on, many people leave an inheritance. Whether you plan a will or not, somebody's going to end up with the stuff. Many people leave an inheritance, but only a few leave a legacy. Only a few people live their lives for a sense of eternal significance, for something that's going to outlive them, out, outlast them. And so here's the question today. How do we do that? How do we live with, a, with a, an eternal perspective, with a legacy mindset. How do we do that in the midst of our crazy, busy lives with all that we have to do, our daily responsibilities? How do we live with an eternal perspective in mind, legacy-minded? Well, guess what? Jesus talked a whole lot about this. If you've read the Gospels, you recognize that Jesus talked a lot about this. In fact, Jesus was always finding opportunities to shift 
his followers, to the people who were following him and listening to his teachings, he was always trying to shift them into living with an eternal perspective, with a kingdom legacy mindset. In fact, Jesus took everyday things that preoccupied people. Remember the parables? Jesus would tell stories about things like agriculture, like everyday work, and he would help them to to see it through the lens of eternal perspective. So Jesus was always trying to shift people's mindsets to to the eternal. We might say that Jesus' teaching shifts our focus from the what to the who. Let me give you an example. And this is from Matthew chapter 6, the Gospel of Matthew chapter 6, the Sermon on the Mount. This was Jesus' most famous message. I've been to the Holy Land. I've stood on the Mount of Beatitudes overlooking the Sea of Galilee where we're pretty sure Jesus taught this, this sermon. Most famous message in all the Gospels because Jesus describes what it looks like to live life in the kingdom of God. What it means to be a follower of God, a disciple of Jesus Christ in the kingdom of God. And in the verses that we're going to look at today... Jesus speaks to this tension between inheritance and legacy, between the here and now and having an eternal perspective. Now, in the few verses we're going to look at today, he's particularly talking about money, but this isn't really going to be a money message. We talked about generosity last week. This is more about the tension between the here and now, the temporary, and the eternal. Look at this with me, Matthew 6, 19 through 20. Here's what Jesus said. Do not store up for yourselves treasure on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasure in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in or steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So Jesus says, be careful with putting all of your attention, all of your focus on the temporary things of this world. Now, here's what Jesus is not saying. Jesus is not saying that it's wrong to have money or possessions, okay? He's not saying that. In fact, Jesus said it's the love of money that's the root of all evil. Jesus didn't say money was the root of all evil. It's just a tool. He said it's the love of money. In fact, Jesus commanded his followers to be generous. Well, hello, you have to have some money if you're going to be generous. Here's what Jesus is saying. He says, stop putting all of your attention there. Stop putting all of your focus on the what? On the temporary things, on the house, on the cars, uh, on your clothes, you know, on how many Instagram followers you have, all the temporary things that we get fixated on. He says, nothing lasts forever. You can't take it with you. You can't take it with you. I love this. He says, the the things in this world, they're going to fall apart. They're not going to last. They're going to get rusted. They're going to get ruined. Things can get stolen from you. Anybody ever anything stolen from you? I grew up in an interesting neighborhood. I've had stuff stolen from me. I've had my house broken into. I can relate to this. People steal stuff. Stuff breaks down. We're not going to take it with us. None of us. None of us can take any of our possessions with us. And so Jesus says instead of, of putting all of your focus and priorities and attention on temporary things, instead store up treasures in heaven. Well, how do we do that? Be rich toward God. Be rich in the things of God. Live a life for the glory of God. Be rich toward people around you. Live a generous life. Be rich toward the kingdom of heaven. Here's the idea. Invest your life in places where you'll get an eternal reward. Come on, invest your life in places, opportunities, people to where you get an eternal reward. Once again, I said this before, it's the New York City area. Some of you are a lot more financially savvy than me. You understand investing a lot better than me. In fact, take your pastor out for coffee and teach me how to make money. I will listen. I will take notes. But here's one thing I know today. God is calling us to invest our lives in places where we'll get an eternal reward. Jesus is saying the best place you can invest your life, the best place you can invest your time, the best place you can invest 
your money. The best place you can invest your emotional, mental energy, your life is in the kingdom of God because that's something that will last forever. That's a good investment. Come on, how many of you know, you don't have to be a Wall Street person. No, that is a good investment. That's a good investment. Jesus isn't after your treasure. He's not after your money. He's after your heart. Jesus said where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. The truth is he's not after your treasure. He's after your heart. He just knows how you spend your life, how you spend your treasure, reveals where your heart is. Are you with me this morning? And then he goes on to say this in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Now, we're skipping a few verses here because in between, in between these verses is this famous section where Jesus tells people to quit worrying about everything. Quit worrying about all of your needs. God knows how to take care of the birds of the air. He knows how to clothe you. He knows how to feed you. Then he gets to Matthew six thirty three and he says this, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Seek first the kingdom. Jesus says, instead of focusing on the what, on all the temporary stuff, primarily shift your focus to primarily focus on the, on the who. What's the who? God, people. Remember the great commandment? What did Jesus tell us? He summed it all up for us. A scribe came to Jesus and said, you know, how do you read the Old Testament? And, and it's an open book test. That's great. Jesus gives us the answer. He says, here's, here's how I see it. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Isn't that a brilliant answer? It just clarifies things for us. What should your life be about? Love God and love people. Love the people he put around you. Love the people he's put in, in your life. And we get this in reverse. We, we think we hear seek first the kingdom. Well, that sounds wonderful. We amen those kind of sermons in church. But here's what, we, here's what we naturally do. We think this way without even articulating it. It's subconscious. Let me get all of the things that I need and want first. Let me get financially secure. Let me get socioeconomic status. Let me get promotion. Let me get influence. Let me get a million in- Instagram followers. Let me do this. Let me do that. Then I'll seek first the kingdom. Then I'll go after eternal things. And we, and we wonder why we end up with a life that's unfulfilled. We, we wonder why we end up continually getting in this rut, this place of like, how did I get here? How did I end up just going through, this, through the motions? How, how do I have this, this, this sense that like my life isn't going where I, want it, where I want it to go? Come on. How many of you have ever, let's be honest, I asked the last service this, how many of you admit that you've ever just wasted an hour of your life? You ever found yourself like on social media or Netflix or something, and like an hour in, you're like, oh my gosh, what did I just do? I just, like that was a waste of my life. Like snap out of it. Here's the problem. The hours become days, and the days become weeks, and the weeks become months, and the months become years. And sometimes we find ourselves in a season where we're like, we feel like we're going through the motions, and like, am I doing anything of significance. Come on. This is a wake-up call this morning, church. Jesus is saying, seek first the kingdom. Reprioritize your life, your energy, your attention, your focus, your prayers. Like, make this the priority of your life, and you'll find true significance. You'll find something worth living for. And so if you want to leave a legacy, prioritize the who instead of the what. Let's say it that way. If you want to leave a legacy, prioritize the who, loving God, loving people, Instead of the what. It's not that the what is wrong. It's just that the what is temporary. But the who is eternal. Prioritize God and the people that he's placed in your life over the things that won't last. And when it comes to loving people, that sounds like a really nice thing to say in church. Why don't you start with the people around you? Because it's easy to hear the idea of love people and we're going to go stand on the corner and sing kumbaya and blow kisses at people as they drive by. No, no, no. Why don't you try this with the people in your life? That's the real homework assignment. Love your, Mother Teresa said you want to change the world? Go home and love your family. I don't know about y'all, but that's where the challenge starts, isn't it? 
Love your family. Love the, pe- the co-workers, the friends, the neighbors, the people God has put in your life, the difficult people. Come on, nothing will make you more like Jesus than when he gives you the homework assignment to love a difficult person. Am I preaching to myself today? I'm going to just preach to myself today. I'm going to preach myself happy. All right, so here's three principles I want to give you that will help you live legacy-minded. I want to invite you to take some notes today. Three, how do we do this, right? How do we put this into motion? We want this. We want to live with a sense of significance. We want to live for eternal purposes, but we're, we're busy. We're tired. We have so much going on in life. This, this kind of gets put on the back burner. Three ideas to help, hopefully inspire you today. Number one, know that what we deposit in others has the greatest potential to outlast us. Let me say that to you again. Know that what we deposit in others has the greatest potential to outlast us. If you want to live your life in a way that you have an impact that outlives you, outlasts you, then prioritize investing your life in other people. Think about this for a moment. Do you really agree with this statement? Think about this. Think about the people who made a difference in your life. Think about um, the teachers, the coaches, the pastors, the mentors, the, the parents, the grandparents, right? the family, the friends. Some of them aren't alive anymore, but their impact remains in your life. Some of them, you're not in touch with them anymore. You haven't seen them in years, but the investment that they made in your life, it still has an impact on you. Something they said over you, words they spoke over you, Time that they invested in you to teach you, to mentor you, to encourage you. The investment they made in you still lives on, doesn't it? It's still impacting your life. you got to know that the deposit that we make in other people has the potential to outlast us. You know, Jesus modeled this. Jesus didn't leave behind a really great, magnificent church building, a great cathedral. How many of you know that? Jesus didn't leave behind a really amazing, corporate, well-oiled machine organization when, when he left. No, he had three years most of his life were the hidden, what we call the hidden years of Jesus. Three years of his public ministry. And what did he do? He invested into a group of men. And they changed the world. I had a, a professor in seminary who kind of played a trick on us one time in a, a class we were taking. He said, if you had three years to design a strategy to reach the world, you know, to globally spread the gospel, what would you do? And we all thought we were being smart, like talking about how we would get the gospel on television, social media. We would use mass marketing. He's like, isn't that interesting? Because Jesus had three years and he just invested himself into a group of men. We're like, oh, yeah, maybe we should have paid attention when we read the Gospels. (laughs) Jesus invests his life into a group of men. And then before he ascends back into heaven, he turns it all over to them. He commissions them to go out and change the world. And they do it. And we're still here to this day because of the witness of the apostles. You know, in the last church where I was on staff back in in, uh, my wife's hometown of Buffalo, I served under a legend of a pastor, Pastor Tommy Reed, who's still preaching to this day. He's got to be getting close to 90 now. And my pastor, he pastored the church there, the Tabernacle in Orchard Park, New York. He was there 50 years. 50 years, y'all. That's a long time. And he was a missionary before that. So this, this man had been in ministry for years, known around the world, known around the country, especially in the Northeast, like legend of a pastor, raised up like the who's who of, of people. You, you, he's just an amazing guy. And I was the last associate pastor he had before he s- stepped down and, and resigned to lead pastoring the church, retired to become pastor emeritus. And Pastor Tommy used to say in his 70s and maybe even into his 80s, around the table in staff meeting, he used to say, I want to accomplish more in the next 10 years of my ministry than everything I've accomplished so far. And we would sit there thinking, how are you going to do that? You've pastored here 50 years. You were a missionary before that. At one point in time, you pastored the largest Pentecostal church in the world in in, in Manila, in the Philippines. Like, how are you going to do that? And pastor would say, the only way I can do that is by investing my life into other people. 
The only way I can do that to have a greater impact in the next 10 years than I had in my whole ministry is by investing my life into other people. Let me just tell you this morning, church, at the end of your life, at your funeral one day, nobody's gonna show up and say, wow, didn't they live in a really nice house? And do you remember the cars they drove and the way she dressed? Oh my God, yeah. And their social media, they were pretty, they were pretty, they were pretty hot on social media. They were good. Nobody's gonna talk about that, right? The only thing of significance that people are going to have to say before they go eat a chicken dinner at your funeral is to talk about the difference you made in their life. That's all that really lives on. And so if you want to live with a a legacy mindset, an eternal perspective, start by knowing that it's what you deposit in other people that has the potential to outlast you. Is this helping you this morning? Can you guys shake your heads like blink at me some? I can't see you because you got masks. Come on, church online. Give me some heart emojis or something. I'm going to go back and watch this on Facebook and see if you were paying attention. All right, number two. Are we having fun in church? Number two, know that when we, give a, when we give temporary resources to kingdom purposes, they're transformed to have eternal impact. Let me say that again. Read that slowly and think about that. Know that when we give temporary resources to kingdom purposes, they're transformed to have eternal impact. Put it this way. Let me give you an example. When you give, when you serve, when you love, when you pray, like none of it is wasted. None of it is wasted. Somehow when, when you invest what you have into the kingdom of God, it outlives you. It outlasts you. I don't know how that happens. Just God ordained it that way. If you read the teachings of Jesus, he talks about this all the time. God takes the temporary things of our lives, our time, our talent, our treasure, and when we give it to him, somehow he blesses it, he transforms it, and he uses it for his kingdom for an eternal impact. Let me just give you an example to help make this real for you. Think about what happens every Sunday morning when you walk in here. And for for years before that, when you used to walk into the AMC theater, think about what happens. People have been giving of their time, their talent, and their treasure, financially supporting the church. Before you got here this morning, maybe while some of you were in bed, our production team was up early setting the stage for you. This wasn't magically set up by itself so that you could come in here and be in an atmosphere of worship. Can we give a hand to our production team who are our heroes? Church Online, you wouldn't be here without our production team, okay? Our kid, think about our kids' ministry. Think about some of our faithful workers in, in, in Redemption Kids. They were, some of them were preparing lessons during the week for your kids so that you could drop your child off in there and they could be discipled and learn about, about Jesus. They gave a, a, of their time. Then some people gave of their talent. How many of you are thankful for our amazing worship team that leads us in worship every Sunday? Come on. I'm going to sing the praises of the worship team. I'm married to the worship pastor. I think she's amazing. I think she does a great job. I'm into her. I'm just saying <laughs> we're blessed, right? People who give of their talent. You don't want me up here singing. I'd empty the place out. And then I think about the people like on our creative team who, you know, do work the digital magic and they make social media and graphics and they use their talents, right? I think about some of the amazing student leaders we have in the student ministry who serve with Pastor Dave, mentoring our kids and investing, people giving their time, people giving their, their talents. And then the faithful givers who give of their treasure every week that, who give a part of their hard-earned paycheck and tithes and offerings so that we can, we can have church. See, it's really easy week in and week out to feel like these things are really simple, very ordinary, very temporary. Oh, I set up a few chairs at church today. Oh, you know, I helped put up a few signs and welcome a, a, a few people. And yeah, I gave, I gave some time and I gave in the offering. It all seems really temporary until somebody walks in here on a Sunday morning feeling far away from Jesus and they give their life to Christ. And then all of a sudden it has eternal impact. You see what I'm saying this morning, church? When you take what you have, the temporary things, and you give them the kingdom purposes, somehow God puts this blessing on it, 
and he uses it to have an eternal impact. Don't underestimate this. If you want to live with a kingdom mindset, you got to know that the temporary things you give, when you give them back to God, they, they outlast you. Then here's the third thing. We're talking about living with a, a legacy mindset, an eternal perspective. Number three, know that what we can accomplish, know that we can accomplish more together than we ever could on our own. Come on, let me say that again. Know that we can accomplish more together for the kingdom of God, for eternal purposes than we ever could on our own. This is really important. This is really important because this is, Jesus left a church. Think about this. We kind of take this for granted. Jesus could have left anything on this planet. He was, he's the son of God. He could have waved, he could have snapped his fingers and like everybody would have become Christians automatically. That is not what he chose to do. What did he leave? He left a church. There's no plan B. <laughs> like, we're plan A. We're it. Like, what God is doing in this world, he's doing through his church. And I just think that Jesus knew that if he could get a group of people unified around a mission, a group of people unified around the message, the love of Jesus, filled with the Holy Spirit, bound together in unity, that we would be unstoppable. I really believe Jesus knew that. If we would just come together, if we would rally around the hope of Jesus, if we would rally around the presence of God, if we would rally around the power of the Holy Spirit and the mission that he's given us, that together, there's nothing we could not do. Nothing we could not do. We're, we're, much, we're so much stronger together. We can accomplish so much more together than we ever could on our own. I'm going to tell you something. We believe at Redemption that the local church is the hope of the world. We believe in this. We believe in this. We, this is why we invest in, in, in church planning. Listen, church isn't perfect. I'll say that much. You may be coming back to church for the first time in a long time and you've been to other churches and you've been disappointed. Let me just tell you, the church is never gonna be perfect because it's filled with flawed human beings like you and me. The minute you join a perfect church, you mess it up because you ain't perfect. And so this is, come on, if you're, looking for a, if, you're, if you're looking for a safe place, this is a church of grace. This is rehab for sinners. Come on, this is like AA. I'll go first, right? My name is Jeremy. <laughs> I'm in recovery. I'm a sinner being saved by grace. I'm not perfect but I'm a work in progress and I'm getting there. Church of Jesus Christ isn't perfect. It's not perfect, but I wanna just tell you something. When we step into our collective calling together, come on, when we just get really unified around the mission, the hope, the message, the love, the grace, the mercy of Jesus, the healing touch of God, I really believe we're the most powerful force on the planet. Come on, Jesus said, upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. He knew that nothing could stop us. He knew that nothing could stop us. But if you're off on your own, you're, you're, you're in trouble. If you're off on your own, you're a, you're a spiritual orphan. You, you, you got to know this. This is so important. We need each other. Come on, church online. This is why we want you to be connected with us. We want you connected in community. We want you in a life group. We want you serving in person as well. Everybody. And some of you, you felt this before. Like you felt this when you joined a life group and you found a, a family. You found, you found a sense of, of community. Like, man, there's something powerful when we're together. Some of you, you experienced this on a serve day when you went out with a hundred other people in blue shirts, just loving on Port Chester, just serving people in a variety of practical ways. You had a sense like, man, something can happen when we come together. Something powerful, something powerful happens. Come on, church, just stop and think about what we've been able to accomplish together in the six short years of this church that we never could have done on our own. We've given hundreds of thousands of dollars to missions. I could have never done that by myself. And we've been planting life-giving churches all around the nation, all throughout the Northeast, and now even over in, into Europe. Let that hit you for just a minute because you hear that. But see, some of you, you walked into the movie theater over there at the AMC. You walked into th this gym, and you found a church home. 
home. Like God touched you here. Like you, 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 you made a connection to a church family. Maybe you, you found a relationship with Jesus. Do you understand for the last six years we've been paying that forward? That means all around the country, all around the Northeast, people have been walking into movie theaters, walking into schools, walking into gyms, walking into community centers, finding a relationship with Jesus, finding a church home because you gave. I'll give you a hand if you won't give. That's what your giving does. That's what happens when we come together. We've been feeding our hungry neighbors for the past year, you know, since this pandemic hit. And, and uh, Pastor Dave, every month, still has a group of people going out and making meal deliveries, feeding, feeding people who are facing food in, in insecurity. And we're, we're sponsoring kids down in, in Honduras, making a difference in their lives. And we're, we're touching kids through our partnership with, with One Hope, getting the word of God into the hands of kids and, and providing medical care for kids over in, in Asia and doing disaster relief through our partnership with, with Convoy of Hope. And come on, we're gonna do something really special together over at 181 Westchester Avenue. We're gonna turn that warehouse into a place where people can experience the presence of God. Do you see it, church? Do you see it? We're so much more stronger when we're together. There's so much more that we can accomplish for eternity when we're together than we can on, on our own. That's why Christianity is not content to be consumed. There's enough podcasts out there. There's enough Christian authors out there. There's, there's enough Christian resources. But, but what makes us the church is when we come together. When we come together. When we're in this thing together. There's, there's nothing that can stop us when we're unified around the message, the gospel, the power of Jesus Christ. Come on, inheritance is what you leave behind. Legacy is who you leave behind. I know we're all working on the inheritance. We're all working on the, on the security piece. Let me ask this question. Are you working on your legacy? Are you working on your legacy? Come on, maybe some of you want to write that down today. Maybe you want to snap a picture of that. Come on, church online, put that in your notes today. Maybe that's a question you can meditate on and pray all throughout this week. How am I working on my legacy? If that's the most important thing, if that's the eternal thing, if that's the thing that's going to outlive me, outlast me, what am I doing about that? Come on, church, how, how's your legacy coming along? <laughs> Who, who's going to be your legacy? Parents, can I just encourage you this morning? You know, if your kids, if you get your kids through a really great college and you set them up for ec economic success, but you don't give them a love of God, we've missed it. We've missed it. That's that most important thing. That's wonderful. Those things are nice, nice clothes, nice opportunities, private lessons, whatever. All that stuff is great. But man, giving them, putting the kingdom of God in their hearts, that's what's going to outlive you. That's what's going to out outlast you. Who's your legacy going to be? Maybe it's the people you, you impact at work. Maybe you're going to mentor somebody. Maybe you're going to give somebody their first opportunity. Maybe you're going to see something in someone. You're going to invest in someone. Come on. Who's going to say one day, you invested in me? Who's going to say about you one day that you're the person? who spoke words of life, who spoke words of healing, who gave me a second chance, who bought my stock when it was low, who believed in me. Who's going to say that about you? Come on, maybe it's going to be loving on some third grader back in Redemption Kids who's going to remember you for years to come, how you showed them the love of Jesus. Maybe it's mentoring some students in our student ministry. Maybe, maybe it's serving on the guest services team and, and one day somebody's going to come to you and say, you know, the first time I came to church, you might not even remember me, but came in here and I felt nervous to come back to church and, you know, a friend invited me or I was going through a difficult time and I found this church online and hadn't been to church in a long time and I felt a little bit nervous, but when I walked in, you greeted me and you smiled and I couldn't even see your face with that mask on, but your eyes were warm and you made me feel welcomed and I came in and I felt a part of this church, like you, you impacted, you impacted my life. Maybe it's somebody that you're going to invite to a life group. 
They're gonna come and say, I felt like an outsider, but you made me feel like an insider. And I'm here because of you. Maybe it's somebody you're gonna invite to church one day. I'm standing here today because a lady whose name I don't even know invited my grandmother to church back in the 1930s during the Great Depression when she was a little girl. That lady changed my life. She made an investment into my life. I'm standing here today because of her. Maybe it's somebody you're going to show love to, extraordinary love, extraordinary generosity, extraordinary forgiveness. Come on, who's going to be your legacy? You know, speaking of my grandmother, she, uh, she lived to be 96 years old on a steady diet of fried catfish, chocolate, and coffee. <laughs> There's a diet for you. You might want to look into that diet, the fried catfish, chocolate, and coffee diet. Who's like, yeah, I'd like to look into that diet, very southern diet. <laughs> my, my grandmother lived to be 96 years old, and, you know, she passed away the first year we moved here to Westchester to start the church, and, you know, she didn't leave us a lot of money. I, I got a little something from, from my inheritance from her butt, but she left us a legacy. There's five generations now of Ziegler's who are in the house of God. Many of us know Jesus, walking with Jesus because of her. And I'll never forget talking to her my last, her last week, you know, essentially on her deathbed. And she was preaching faith to me. Didn't even have much of a voice, but she was preaching faith to me, encouraging me, encouraging me to keep going on, to do what God had called me to do. She didn't have a lot of money. She didn't leave a big inheritance. But man, she left a legacy to us. And so who are you going to invest yourself into so that a part of you lives on so that you can plant the kingdom of God into someone else's life and take your temporary life, your temporary resources, your time that won't last forever and somehow allow God to put his blessing on it so that it has eternal impact. I don't know about you, but I want to live that way. And so today, we have an opportunity to do something special in the life of our church, to leave a legacy. And uh, our opportunity today is with this new building. With this, this new building, this building isn't about a what, it's about a who. It's about the lives that are going to be touched in, in this, new, this new space. You know, we're really not about buildings at our church. We know that God can show up in a movie theater. We know that God can show up in this, this gym. We just believe God can show up in a warehouse loft over there on 181 Westchester Avenue. It's not about the what. It's not just about having a building. It's about a building that we're going to use to reach the who. It's about somebody walking in that place a few months from now, encountering the presence of God. Somebody walking in that space, that nervous person I described, who comes in and feels so loved, so welcome, who finds a relationship with Jesus, whose kids get loved on in our kids' ministry. That's what this is about. It's not about a what, it's about a who. And so let's do something together, church, that's going to outlast us. Come on, let's do something that's going to outlast us. You know, 100 years from now, there's probably not going to be a building associated with this church. I wouldn't be surprised 100 years from now, there's no building that people know and associate with, with redemption. But what God does in changing people's lives, that will outlast us. Come on, we think in the here and now, God is thinking generations. God is thinking generations, nations and generations. What we do 100 years from now can live on and lives changed, marriages healed. The trajectory of somebody's whole family changed, just like mine was changed when that lady invited my grandmother as a little girl to a little Pentecostal church where she came to know Jesus. Come on, let's be a church that leaves a legacy. I'm going to be honest with you guys. I don't want to just be a church that has good church services. I love church. I love worshiping. It's awesome. I love the presence of God. I don't want to just be a church that has great services. I want to be a church that makes an impact on people's lives. I want a legacy of lives changed. I want a legacy of souls saved. I want a legacy of people healed, people set free. To know that 100 years from now, somebody's going to be in the house of God who never knows my name, just like I don't know that lady's name. But they're in the house of God because 
of an investment we made, of a legacy that we set into motion. Come on, are you with me, church? Yes, there's no other way to live. There's no other way to live. What purpose we have? What, what, perp- what sense of significance? We have? What, a wonder, what, a, what a wonderful thing to be a Christian, to know that your life will outlast you. Your life will outlast you. A life lived for God's purposes will outlast you. And so I want to invite you to stand with me, and here's what we're going to do. We're going to take our commitment cards, and uh, maybe you did this digitally. Maybe you want to hold up your phone. Church online, I know many of you have done the, your commitment cards digitally. Would you stand with me? Stand with me. Those of you watching online, stand up in your living room, wherever you are. We're going to hold up our commitment cards, and maybe you want to hold up your phone if you've, if you've made a digital commitment or just lift your hands, whatever you, you did as a symbol. And we're going to pray two things. We're going to consecrate ourselves. We're going to give ourselves back. And we're not just bringing our commitment cards for this building today, but here's what we're doing today. We're saying, God, use my life. Come on, how many of you want that? How many of you want that today? God, use my life. Use my life to make a difference. Use my life for purposes that will outlast me. God, I want a legacy. God, I want to know that my life lives on in the impact that I make in other people. And so that's what we're going to do. We're going to pray over these, and Amy's going to come back later on and give you the instructions for turning these back in. But this is a a special moment in the life of our church today to commit ourselves to this mission. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for your great love for us. God, we thank you that you're a God who gives us purpose. God, we thank you that somehow when we seek first your kingdom, all of these things will be added to us. God, we thank you that somehow when we give our temporary resources, our temporary life, our temporary time, our temporary energy, when we place it in your hands with your blessing on it, God, you use it to make an eternal impact. And so we give our lives back to you today. Would you pray that with me? God, I give my life back to you. Use my life for something that will outlast me, to leave a legacy in the lives of others. Now, Father, we bring you these commitment cards as we make our pledges for the next few months. And God, we recognize that this building is more than just a what. It's not just about getting a building for our church home. It's about a who, God. We're investing in this building, Lord, to make a place where people will come into your presence, where people will come to know you, where people will be discipled and grow, be healed, experience freedom, find a home. And so, Lord, we bring this commitment to you. No matter how large or small our gift is, whatever it is, God, we give it to you. Come on, just hold it up. Hold up your hands. Hold up your phones. Hold up your cards. God, we give this back to you, knowing that it's temporary, but with your blessing on it, it has eternal impact. And so today we set a legacy into motion in the life of this church, and we believe the best is yet to come. If you believe that, would you say Amen. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning into our podcast. If you'd like to connect with us or learn more about our church, please visit us online at redemptioncommunitychurch.org. We hope you can listen or join us next week.